Genesis House and the Friends in Recovery podcast are proud to bring you Answering the Call, the first responder podcast. Join your hosts, Mike the Podfather and Jersey Ed, as they address the real issues in health and wellness for first responders. From physical and mental health to relationships and work-life balance, we leave no stone unturned. Answering the Call, the first responder podcast is available on Facebook, Podbean, iTunes, and YouTube, as well as iHeartRadio. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now, here are your friends in recovery answering the call. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Answering the Call, the first responders podcast. I am uh, the podfather, Mike Miles. And I'm here with Jersey Ed. Well, he's not here, but he's there. (laughs) I'm over here somewhere. He's here in spirit. He's here here in spirit. And we also have... I'm on a random porch in an undisclosed uh, uh, location. Area. Location. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's what you cops say, right? Location. That's cop is talk. What you cops yep, say. Right. Yeah, that's right. Right. I'll get it down one day. We say a lot of things. He's an unsub. He's a perp. <laughs> He's a perp. Yeah. A perp. Uh, and and, and that other that other voices are uh, producer extraordinaire, the one and the only sweets. That is right. Sweets in the background. Real quick, guys. Yeah, yeah. Real quick, Jody Levins is going to be our guest. Just want to get that out there. Jody Levins. Um, yes. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Go mm-hmm. ahead, sweets. Oh, I was just going to say that I'm in the background trying to make you guys uh, look good, sound good, feel right? good, feel good, get you guys all Sweet. warmed up before the show. I'm going to give you a dare right here. Do it. What do you got? Okay. So I want you to turn a camera on yourself. No. No, can't do it. Can't do <laughs> good it. man. Good man. Not going to happen. You Not going to happen. Test. Wilson, Wilson. No, nope. that's all we that's can it. say. Listen, that's the, it, the myth it. of sweets is much better than sweets. I don't want to ruin whatever you got going on in your head. You know what I mean? You don't want to meet your idols. That's right. Right? No, you don't. You don't. No, you it don't. ruins. It ruins whatever you got going Just on. Just like in the big, uh, is it big? The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. The, the yeah. mother. The mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what's funny is um, what's his name? Uh, the the guy who plays the son. Yeah, the son. Great. His his wife. Yeah, is this is the voice? Is that oh, is that right? I think so. Oh, really? Oh, that's I, right. Well, they okay. sound almost exactly the same, yeah. Yeah. right? Or yeah. at least she makes it sound like that. So. She does when she when she when they just had an episode where they were getting married and uh, he's yelling at the mother and then she's talking to him, he's yelling at her and he's calling her mom. And yeah. Then he, oh, it's, and Hilar- they sound exactly the same. Uh, I think it's the same one. I think I, it I is. I think she plays that. Hilarious show. Hilarious. So is this what you cops do? You guys listen to or you watch the uh Well, the uh, old the old retired cops. <laughs> all right. I'm old, I'm a bag of junk. Twenty eight years on nights, pal. I didn't see a lot of Seinfeld. This is all new to me now, watching all this stuff. I'm able to that's right. That's right. So now, speaking I'm, I'm speaking it. of you. Pops, pops, cops, and pops. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, cops. Speaking of cops, I got a badge number one one six three. Should I give that number out? Yeah, it's, that's my badge number. That's Do correct. It. That's right. One six three. So, doesn't it? if you want to, if you want to get a hold of us and tell us how fucked up we are on this show, six one seven three seven nine one one six three and tell us a little significance about that one six three there, Podfather. So that was my badge number for uh, 35 years, 163. I used to play it all the time in the, um, you know, in the lottery, and I'd never hit. I'd go to the racetrack. I'd play the one, six, and three horse or dog or whatever. I was – it never it never hit for some reason. But when I didn't play it, it would hit all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. That's how that works, <laughs> Go right? figure, right? Yeah. So exactly. when I retired, when I retired, there was a young kid. Um, I worked in the um, – what we used to call projects. I don't think we can call them anymore. Assisted living, I guess. 
uh, not assistant. Affordable housing. Affordable housing. Affordable housing. Yeah, let's call it what and, it is. And one of the boys that grew up there, he um, he ends up becoming a firefighter, and then he wasn't happy with that job, so he took the police exam, and um, lo and behold, Red becomes a, a police officer, a low police officer. So I bequeath my badge um, to him, my my hat badge and my badge number to him, um, just to keep it out there. And then I had another badge. Uh, I got. Well, I have another badge. When I came on the job, they gave me two badges, and I put one in a, a badge wallet. And it really never saw the light of day. It was uh, it was always covered. And there was a girl that came on the job, and uh, her name is Kerry Bomo. And um, of course, the badge back then used to say "Patrol Man," "Patrol Man," not "Patrol Woman" or "Patrol Person." So I told her she could have my badge. This badge brought me luck. Thirty-five years. Not a lot of cops make it that that long. Yeah. Um, but uh, she had to wear it. And lo and behold, every time I see her. On the streets of Lowell, um, she has the badge on her. She's in wow. uniform. Yeah, she has so. your badge. Yeah, I wanted I wanted it to live on. You know what I mean? I just yeah. want to put it in a drawer, and you know, three decades from now, one of my grandchildren will find it and say, "Oh, this was Grandpa's badge." So I wanted I wanted that stuff to live on. You know. So so the badge number doesn't get retired. It could be recycled. Um, no, actually, um, it does get retired. When you leave, you take your badge with you. But they, they can always reissue. There's so many different okay. numbers. You know you know how numbers yeah. are. You get three numbers and you, you have a million, you know? Yeah, so, exactly. Um, so it, it can um, yeah, very, very doubtful someone's going to have badge number 163 um, other, okay. than red, other than red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now we have it as our phone number. So That's right. Uh, that's, right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. So real quick, I want guys, I want to introduce Jody Levins. Um, she's our guest today. Jody um, went to... Uh, Went into criminal justice field in 1987 as a um, as a crime scene tech for 12 years. She then was a paralegal for the sheriff's uh, office for about seven years and wanted a change in her life. So Jody then went back to school in 2005 at the age of 39 to become a registered nurse. Altogether, Jody has five degrees. Jesus, we're going to talk to a smart woman here, Podfather. Uh, sweets, you're going to have to help us out with this one. <laughs> um, introducing her. Um, including her master's, um, uh, but, uh, but the one thing that she's most proud of is she's been in recovery uh, for two years. Um, she's in the process and continue to help others in nursing in Florida. Um, Jody, we just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your, um, your, your experience, strength, and hope, and all your, uh, um, all your background accomplishments. Yeah. I should, I sh Jody, I should have read this first before I, uh, before I started uh, thinking I know what I'm saying. So, Jody, welcome to the show. Welcome um, to the show, Jody. Accomplishment. Yes. So, Podfather, Jody and I know each other. I don't know Jody um, personally, but I know her pretty well through um, – through the the rooms of AA, um, that's how we met. Jody mm -hmm. comes on to friends in recovery um, uh, virtual meetings almost daily, um, and her and I became really close. And uh, you know, I know she was a nurse because a lot of the first responders we are including the nurses as first responders because of this COVID, and and they're getting the recognition finally that they need. And uh, and Jody uh, Jody's a real has really good recovery, really passionate about recovery. Um, she's also um, uh, you also work with um, um, Celebrate Recovery too, right, Jody? Yes, I do. Um, been going to Celebrate Recovery for over two years. Been sober for two and a half as of June 2nd. Congratulations. Wow, congratulations. congratulations. Welcome yeah. to our world. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, so crime you were a crime, scene, you were a crime yeah, scene analysis? 
Uh, crime scene technician, yes, technician. for um, almost 10 years. And what, what, okay. what state, what department? In Florida with the Polk County Sheriff's Office. Good for you. Well, you must have seen some stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, I saw yeah. some stuff. You saw stuff that humans did to each other, which, yeah. you yeah. know, ugh, nobody should see. Exactly. Nobody you know, everything that's going on in this world right now, um, where a lot of people are anti-police, um, you know, uh, two months ago, they were having parades for police officers. They were they were applauding them when they were coming out of the uh, police station. Um, you know, it's just, it's a crazy world. It's such a tough job. It's such a difficult job. But I think people don't realize there's a support staff that goes with the police department that are just as important, that have the same type of stress, that have this, they see the same type of debauchery and, and everything else that, that goes on out there and causes, you know, a lot of stress. I'm sure you've seen things that you're never going to forget. That's for sure. Some things that, you know, um, you have PTSD over. Absolutely. And certain thing, you know, I can drive certain places in the county and recall what happened at, you know, this house on this particular road or, um, you know, and it carries you back to what it was, to, exact, to exactly what you saw, exactly what the scene was in your head. And most of it's not pretty. Right. And I think I think it's important for, for people when you just said PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, um, the DSM-5 diagnoses that as, you know, recollection, memory of, of bad situations. And, you know, 99% of police officers, 99.9% .9 of police officers are technicians. They do have PTSD. It doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Just like war veterans have PTSD. It it depends on how far you let it go, how far you let it advance. If it's keeping you up at night, it's time to get some help. So if you're listening to the show, you know it, and you have PTSD, and it is keeping you up at night, um, you know, give us a call. I went to a suicide when my second year on the job, a young couple had committed suicide. I can I can smell the perfume the girl had on. I can tell you wow. the car, the make, the model, what time of day, everything, the, the grass, how green it was, where the car mm. was parked. I mean... It was like this went into my head and it stayed there for 30, it's almost 40 years now, but it is 40 years now. But it's just PTSD is so important in, in this line of work because you got to learn to deal with it. You got to learn how to accept it. And I'm sure you yourself as a nurse now, as a registered nurse um, or a licensed nurse, um, you know, you, you see things again, you're in a job where you're going to see a lot of a lot of bad things. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. And it, and definitely, I agree with you. Having to, you have to deal with it, or otherwise it or it'll deal with you. Exactly. Um, you know, you have to figure out a way to get around those situations. And a lot of times, I just avoid going that way. Right. At all possible, you know, if there's a back way I can go that's not going to carry me completely out of my way, then I'm going to go the back way, because I know if I drive past there is going to trigger me back to that day, back to that scene, back to exactly what happened. And, you know, I had nightmares for months after this one sure. particular scene, you know, because it was that horrific. Sure. And, um, you know, I could say there's probably five or six incidents that I had the whole 10 years I worked that, that are always there, that you sure. will never forget. Well, and, I think I think it's important that if your police department aren't doing debriefings or defusings after bad crimes, double murders, I, I were two brothers shot to death up in Lowell several years ago, uh, young kids, one was a high school student, 
Um, an athlete, his older brother, they went out to buy a bag of weed and they get shot in the back of the head. Um, you know, ho horrific stuff. But the cops that handled that call, um, I know both of them, um, you know, we did debriefings and defusings. If your police department isn't on board with doing that, then you know what? You, someone should bring it up and feel free to call our number and we, we can lead you in the right direction. 617-379-1163, guys, if you need a if you need any help, the Podfather will answer any of those questions for you Back guys. Back to you, Jesse. You how to get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> can you guys hear me okay? Yep. Okay. Um, Jody and, and Podfather, quick question from a civilian here. And I'm, I'm sure um, maybe some of these new cops are, are probably wondering what's going on too. Um, how Now, how long does a crime scene um, specialist or crime scene um, person, you guys probably stay on the scene probably most of the day or hours at hours at end trying to take all this in, figure out evidence, get things together um, long after the cops leave too, I'm guessing, right? Yes. Um, because a lot of, a lot of times your street cops, you know, your patrol patrolmen, they'll leave the scene. They won't stay there. And of course, unless there's a crowd there, then somebody has to do crowd control. But usually it's just us and the detectives that stay back behind and right. process the scene. And I think the longest time I ever spent on a crime scene was 36 hours. Oh, no, shit. Imagine wow. that. Yeah, right. That's talking wow. from when we got on the scene, processing the scene, going to the morgue, watching the autopsy, collecting wow. all this evidence, processing all this evidence and turning it in. And then that's not even doing your report and turning that in, which has to be, of course, had to be reviewed by your supervisor. And if there was any changes, then you had to change that. But a lot of times if it occurred in the morning and if the medical examiner was not busy, then he'd do the autopsy the same day. And, you know, we worked four tens a week. So we worked 10 hour shifts anyway. Wow. Um, but yeah, we got a call one night. I think it was like 10 o'clock at night and we were out for 36 hours. On wow. long See, general, wow. the general public would never know this. You know, they don't understand no, unless, no unless they're, unless they're the victims, unless somebody they know, love or care for is the victim, then they're, they're up close and personal. They get to understand what goes on here. And, um, you know, that's just one of many, many things that police officers and EMS people have to do. And then you, you Jody just mentioned the, um, the um the more coming or the um, medical examiner because they have to sign off on everything you always have to wait for the the me if somebody dies in their house and it's an unattended death you've got to stay with the body until the medical examiner gets there and they've cut back up in massachusetts 20 years ago they cut back hiring these people and uh you know we used to have them to be on the scene within an hour or two tops nowadays it can be three four hours wow you know? hey guys real Real quick, we're going to take a quick break here. We'll come back, um, explore this crime scene a little bit more. I have a question for you on that, Podfather. And uh, then, Jody, we're going to get into some of your nursing and some of your recovery, maybe how this PTSD in, this, in that part of your life uh, affected you and your, your, um, your abuse of alcohol and drugs and, and how you recovered from it. Okay. Sounds good. Answering the call, the First Responders Podcast. We'll be right back. Since 1992, Genesis House has been helping real people heal from addiction on their private recovery campus in beautiful Palm Beach County, Florida. Their family-owned program is accredited by the Joint Commission and offers detox and dual diagnosis treatment in a comfortable and confidential setting. At Genesis House, they focus on treating the underlying causes of addiction. Their comprehensive approach includes psychiatric care, individual and small group therapy, trauma healing techniques, and holistic care including yoga, massage, and animal-assisted therapy. 
After treatment, their clients enjoy the lifelong support of a nationwide network of Genesis House alumni. Call Genesis House today at 1-800-737-0933 to speak with someone who understands. Visit them on the web at www.genesishouse.net. It's time to start your journey to a long and successful recovery. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Answering the call, the First Responders Podcast. I am the Podfather, and I'm here with Jersey Ed. and uh, Hi, guys. Sweets, our producer. Yeah. Sweets. And we have, a speci- we have a special guest with us today. Go ahead, uh, Jersey Ed. Bring us in. Jody, Jody, Jody Levins. Uh, Jody, welcome back to the show, and uh, thank you for... Uh, for coming on um you know uh there's also another part of your life that was the first part of your life the second part of your life you ended up um getting into um uh nursing and uh you know um and and you know you're a wonderful nurse you're 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 i, I know your stories i know i know what you do and how caring you are for for human beings um it's just amazing you know amazing that you did get into that part um the second part of your life and and uh you know you, you took this nursing field on and a huge career change um why what was the thought of that and why why did you why did you why did you jump over into nursing um i was technically getting bored in my job i was the last seven years i was at the sheriff's department i was a a legal assistant paralegal um that's one that was my second degree was business administration and minored in in, uh, paralegal studies so i became a paralegal and okay. I was there for like seven, like I said, seven years. And um, my job description changed where I had been doing a lot of research, a lot of writing, a lot of stuff that I really enjoyed. Suddenly it changed. I wasn't doing anything anymore. Um, you know, maybe four hours of the day of an eight hour, eight hour day was doing nothing. So I was getting bored. And I have family members. My mother's a retired RN. My uncle was an LPN. I have my aunt was an R. Several of my aunts were RNs. So I mean, the medical side runs in you know my 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 mother's side of the family mostly. So I was no stranger to that. And my mother, her whole life has been. She worked for the um, VA for her first. I want to say seventeen, eighteen years of her career in alcohol and drugs Mm -hmm. and then she went out into the community and she's worked in rehabs and detox centers and you know her whole life has revolved mostly around alcohol and drug abuse and during the last i say the last 10 years of her career she did psychiatric home health nursing so that's always been her end i've always seen it from you know from her point of view so when all of this stuff happened to me, she understood where, you know, how I got off track, why I got off track. And she was one of the biggest supporters that I had, um, you know. So now, and- now, Jody, real quick. So how did the, your past life as a crime scene investigator, your nursing and um, just everyday life play into you becoming addicted to um, alcohol. Uh, alcohol, I believe, is uh, your drug of choice. Correct? No, opioids is my drug of choice. Opioids. Okay, okay, all right. So how, did, did that play a big part in it? Because I know Podfather, you're talking about PTSD. I know some of the stories that Podfather says, that definitely plays into, you know, into what he was going through all those years ago when he was a police officer and, uh, you know, and he was able to get himself, uh, you know, right-sided. And, and now he's a, just an amazing man in, in the community helping other people out. So, and just, just like you. Well, mine was basically revolved around um, 
physical issues. Um, I injured my back on the job as an RN and went down that long path of, you know, starting, I was prescribed, you know, opiates by my primary care doctor. And it was just one surgery after the other. I had five surgeries within five years and we're talking major surgeries, hip replacement, back surgeries, neck surgeries, everything where they just kept refilling the opiates. And I got really, really addicted to them where the standard dose didn't work anymore. You know, not just physically, but psychologically, it didn't work anymore. And so that's when, you know, I was fine for a couple years, took them as I was supposed to, but then as the pain increases, then you take more and then you take more and then you're running out of your prescription in two weeks and you either go through withdrawals for three or four days and suck it up for another two weeks or you find another way to get them and that's what i ended up resorting to was finding another way to get them and that's what got me in trouble in the long run you know um went to nursing school went and got my bachelor's degree and went and got my master's degree and during that time when i had my master's degree my father passed away Mm -hmm. um actually i had three people that year pass away i had an aunt and my uncle who was like my second father and then my father all within like four months Mm -hmm. so that put a lot of stress on my education um and i just pretty much zoned out I mean, I passed, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have let that, I'm just not that type of person to just say, you know, screw this, I'm not going to study anymore, but I graduated and got my master's degree and started, I was still working as an RN because um, in Florida, back at that time, you have to work under another physician, you have to work under a physician. Okay. Um, now they signed a law where you don't have to, they just recently signed that. So you can actually go out and work on your own. So I worked for a company in, um, another town about 45 minutes away from here and was doing, um, home health visits, nurse practitioner visits, and also having a DEA license on top of it got mm-hmm. me into a world of trouble where mm-hmm. I started writing scripts and other people's names yeah. and gone and picking them up and paying for them myself and then taking them where the patients never even knew they were they even got them oh man so that's what got me in trouble got me arrested got me in jail for 19 days and um got me put into the intervention project for nurses Mm -hmm. and i've been in that program for over nine months um and for for those who don't know what that is it's a monitoring program for nurses that um, Genesis House actually works very closely with um, a few of the monitoring programs for the nurses. So, uh, um, and, and you know, Jody, on the meetings, when I hear all the nurses speaking and talking, um, it's a tough program to be in, these monitoring programs. But I can tell you what, every one of those who complain about it, um, on the other side, they, they say these monitoring programs saved their lives, too. Exactly. To, you know. And then I'm exactly. sure that's, that's probably what, um, you know, kind of the, the way you go real quick. We're gonna have to close here in a couple minutes, but tell us what you're doing now. The, the good stuff, you know, um, you know, we want to hear, you know, what, where your life is going, you know, upon closing here, if you could. Um, right now, my license has been suspended, but the state of Florida, um, I signed an agreement with them back in March, which will allow me to get my license back in a year. 
So um, right now I'm basically attending meetings, um, volunteering at meetings. Like I'm very heavily involved in Celebrate Recovery. Our church that we had just recently closed our Celebrate Recovery program. So um, I go to another one on Saturday nights. But, you know, like you said, Ed, I'm here in this, the Zoom meetings at least once a day, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. twice a day. And I just feel that that's right now, that's my way of giving back, um, you know, cause I can't, cause you know, I can't legally work. So I have to find another outlet. So that's yeah. one of the ways I've been giving back. Yeah. Well, Jody, you're a remarkable woman. Um, if, if um, I'll tell you, I, I do have clients. I'm a therapist now. I do, I'm a licensed alcohol drug counselor and a clinical social worker. And I, I've had clients, pharmacists, nurses. I actually had a doctor. I, um, He's a um, chiropractor, but still a doctor and, um, you know, with addiction problems. And they're in that program, a pro, similar program up here in Mass. One's up in New Hampshire. And, um, you know, their lives have changed dramatically. They're back on track. And it's so hard to fall into that abyss, you know, especially in your case. You had five major surgeries in five years. God bless you. But uh, what, a, what a great story. And, uh, yeah, you know, be proud of yourself because um, to come on and, and help us like this. Because, you know what? We... Booze and drugs will make us do things we don't want to do, go places we don't want to go and be with people we don't want to be with, you know, and uh, to come out of that and go in the right direction. And I did it. I was sober, uh, you know, I've been sober quite a while, but, um, you know, five years, six years, I had a real rough time when I was a cop. I almost lost my job too back in the eighties, but uh, you know, I'm proud. I'm, I'm proud to say that when I started out, there was, there was, there was not a lot of help. People want to just fire somebody or just get rid of them. And now they're realizing that, you know, the jobs actually cause this, you know, the doctors giving prescription, everything. They, they're just trying to help. That's what they do. They want to make mm -hmm. you feel better. They want to get rid of that pain. They don't know. They don't understand, but they do. They understand more now than they ever did. Thanks to people. Absolutely. Like yeah. Yeah. Jody Levins. Thank you very much. I, I enjoy your, uh, your, your, your stories and your, your sharing on all the friends of recovery, virtual meetings and, uh, Thank you for being a guest on Answering the Call, the First Responders podcast, and uh, we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you again. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, Jody. Thanks, well, once, Jody. once again, Ed, you did it. You, you bring on <laughs> these great guests. I don't know where you find them. I don't know. It's a gift. You have this gift. You find these. It's always the next guest is better than the, the last guest. You know? Um, yeah, it's, it's well, you know, it's, 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 all about, it's all about recovery, all about the police work, all about the first responders, um, you know. Jody is an amazing person. Um, I, I, she didn't share this, but every time she comes on to um, uh, one of our virtual uh, uh, meetings, she's always um, sewing masks together for you name it. She's doing it. I mean, months and months of sewing masks for people. Right. I don't, you know, I, she, she's giving them out. She's doing this. It's just an amazing, right. amazing uh, what she does for for the community. And that that's one thing that I like about. Um, recovery and and first responders, right. nurses, first responders, you guys are always giving back to the community, Mike. Right. And that's right. that's right. the sad part of all right. this that's going on now is that nobody's nobody's talking about the the community, the community policing, right. the community right. events that you guys do, no, all that are, stuff. And you know, pe people are too worried about their their party affiliation, who's going to get elected, and you know they're forgetting, you know, the the cops that they they were they were applauding and lauding uh, several weeks ago. Now now they're the bad guys. You know, what happened in Minnesota was horrific. We saw it. Yes. The cop yes. killed somebody. He murdered a guy. That's it. He's a bad guy. He's, he, he's a disgrace to, to the uniform. 
but he's going to pay the ultimate price. That's one person. Yep. Last week in Chicago, 13 people were murdered. Two of them were small children. Where's the media? They're not nowhere near it. They don't want to show it because it's not newsworthy. It's yeah, just, yeah. It makes me sick. It really does. Yeah, yeah. And for all well, these fr I, first responders, well, cops, especially right now, what they're going through, I'll tell you, yeah. I feel bad for anybody that's putting on a uniform that's getting out of the academy has to go out there in society because it's yeah. a whole different ball game, though. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys who are putting on uniform now, they know what they're in for. And I, I, I applaud them even more because it's, it's, they know what they're going out there after and, uh, and the stuff that they might have to face. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for everything you guys do for us, the first responders, um, you know, particularly the police officers that we're talking about right here, um, you know, and, and firefighters and, and everybody. But, um, but, you know, you guys are, you know, guys protect us. Um, we love you guys. That's why we do the show, Podfather. That's we we want to honor right. honor these guys and That's and right. really bring out the good in 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 all the first responders, not right. not all the bad shit that goes on. That's right. We salute these people and our veterans too. You know these veterans yeah. that have come back from keeping our country safe from over in Afghanistan and and in other places abroad. You know, and they have to listen to this um, the insanity of what's going on now. And, and you know, it, it's really a shame. It really is. You know, when they're taking down statues and they're they're preventing you can't have fireworks on the fourth of july it's just totally insane i heard a doctor on the radio driving here this morning that's all i do is listen to talk radio and um pretty smart you guy. listen to npr do you listen i to do NPR? i do and i was listening to <laughs> i was listening to doc yeah okay <laughs> well maybe for a short time but i was listening to dr Rand paul he's run for president three times yes he's, he's a moderate yep. guy but, you know, uh, he said it all. The best thing in the world, the best thing in the world for any type of, um, you know, cold, um, any type of disease is fresh air and sunshine. That's God given. That, 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 that's nature giving its cure to you right there. Don't be locking people up in their houses for months at a time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you, Podfather. Well, Podfather, thank you very much. Another great show. Um, you know, we, we do get a little... Uh, opinionated on this show but but we have to because we need our we need our first responders uh protected we needed them we need them to protect us you know thank you for all those years protecting us and uh all those first responders out there still protecting us no matter what's going on out there and we we, we look at both sides you know we we understand the protests we understand you know we want change in this world and and i i i want it just as much as the next guy does but i also want to be safe in this world too um, and, and knowing that I, I, when I lock my door, nobody's going to kick it in and, um, you know, and somebody's going to respond if, right. you know, somebody will respond if they do. So, right. Oh, somebody will respond. I feel bad for anyone that tries to kick at my door. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Podfather, great show. Take us out of here. Hey, listen, answering the call, the first responders podcast and, um, stay safe. Happy 4th of July. And we salute every one of you out there. Amen. Stay safe, everybody. That concludes this episode of Answering the Call, the First Responder Podcast. Thanks to Genesis House for sponsoring the show and supporting first responders who are struggling with addiction and mental health. Follow us on Facebook for past shows and updates. If you are interested in being a guest on the show, email us at help at friendsandrecoverypodcast.com.